Is an all new episode of the feed to Embiid on Thursday, February 24th. I am joined by my pal on the Sixers beat, Kai Carlin. He is live from Minnesota, where it is 10 degrees outside right now. The precipitation is 66%. Humidity is actually 85%. You have a wind chill of eight miles per hour. Kai, how is it in Minnesota? It's it's cold. Like I'm not gonna lie with you. I'm actually gonna I'm actually going to start the podcast off by saying I actually slipped and fell in the snow earlier. Um, Are you all right? Well, well, I went to. I really just. First of all, I'm, I'm about to actually say a Philadelphia sin. Uh, but I am in Minnesota. There's no good hoagie spot, so I had to go to Subway. Um, oh yeah, I know. So I went to Subway earlier, and on my way there, I just slipped in, in like some snow. And uh, there, there, there was like a couple driving past me. They were in a minivan, and they kind of rolled their window down. They were like, you good? <laughs> I said, I promise I'm all right. Appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, man. That's good. Um, well, first, how, how how are you? How was your All-Star break? How how are you? Um, it was good. I feel recharged. I feel ready to go. Um, you know, I, I really didn't do much during the break. I actually handed Sixers Wire duties off to you Friday night for uh, all-star events because I wasn't staying in to watch that weird Rising Stars challenge. So I definitely handed that off to you. So um, other than that, man, I mean, I chilled, I relaxed, and then I hopped on a plane this morning to fly out to Minneapolis, Minnesota. So there we yeah. go. There we go. All right. So you're going to be there in person for the James Harden debut tomorrow night. Um, first, before we get to the James Harden stuff, what what happened with Tyrese Maxey today? Uh, Maxey missed practice today due to a traveling issue from Dallas. Um, you know, he's from Texas, and he just the plane, I guess, his flight got canceled or something. Just he wasn't able to travel to Minnesota. Um, funny story about Dallas. They don't – obviously, Texas doesn't, doesn't handle anything very well. Um, not I mean anything very well. But especially when it comes to weather – Oh wow! Uh, <laughs> uh, when it, for a minute, but now I got it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when, when it comes to weather, uh, you know the, the state just has no idea what to do with it. Um, so they don't they they don't know what to do when it snows. So that, I'm sure his flight probably got canceled, and that's why he didn't show up um, to practice. Uh, not sure if he's going to be with the team tomorrow. I guess we'll find out tomorrow morning when I when I get there for shoot around. All right. So is he expected to miss the game tomorrow? He should be there and be playing. I, I mean, he wasn't on the injury report. I haven't been told that, uh, uh, like one way or the other. So, um, again, I guess it's more of like a wait and see thing. It wasn't excused absence. It wasn't like cool. um, the, the team was like, nah, figure it out. It was just like, all right. I mean, dude, you're, you're excused. You're good. So, um, I mean, I, I assume he'll probably find a way to get to target center by tomorrow. All right. Good stuff. Now let's get into uh, what everybody else is talking about. James Harden's debut 
uh, for the Sixers is tomorrow. It will be the second. Uh, it will be the, well, the biggest debut since Bryce Harper's debut in 2019. Yeah, uh, probably. Phillies, obviously, the Jimmy Butler debut. Um, that was pretty big. But this is going to take the cake for the biggest debut um, in you know t- since 2019, and then since before that, I really don't know. Um, but it's 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 obviously very significant. Um, what are you? What are your expectations for uh, the debut? I, I don't really have a lot. Um, you know, I just kind of expect James Harden to be James Harden. Um, you know, he really was able to practice at least a couple of times with the team before the break. He was able to practice, uh, what was today? Today's Thursday. Um, you know, at the University of Minnesota, they were able to kind of get some more time in. And uh, Doc basically kind of broke it down. It was just like, we're going to throw him out there. We're, we're going to see what what he what he can do, what he can really look like, and, uh, you know, kind of go from there. Um they talked about his passing a lot. Like that was something that really kind of got brought up a lot. Like because we all know Harden is like one of the better scores in the league, right? He can get to the free throw line. He knocks on step back threes. He finds a way to just wiggle into the paint, be able to pretty much get what he wants. But you know, Doc talked about his passing often. Danny Green brought up his passing a lot. Um, Doc actually mentioned that like maybe it would help a guy like Furkan Korkmaz maybe try to get himself back into a, a little bit of a rhythm because we all know he's really been struggling this year. So my expectations was going. I feel like we're going to get like a regular James Harden game. I can see somewhere around 20, 10, and eight, you know, and because um, I mean that that that's what he does. He's he's just he's that good. Yeah, that's exactly where I kind of fell. I was like, I wonder what the debut is. Like, I don't think he's going to come out guns blazing. I think he's going to be a little bit, you know, passive at first, trying to figure out, you know, his teammates and and adapt to them. I'm going to guess it'll be like a twenty, eleven, and eight type game. Um, you know. Like that, basically exactly what you said. Um, and, you know, it's a pretty good debut. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. It's nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, I think, you know, the one thing that we're all kind of waiting for and I guess is going to make or break this tenure is how he and Joel uh, Embiid play off of one another. And I'm curious what you think of what that's going to look like. I have my ideas, but obviously Joel is not a big lob guy. Um, he's more of a slight, uh, you know, pop, a, a shallow pop out to the perimeter, and then he'll do something out of the short roll, or he'll shoot a jump shot, or, you know, they'll, they'll, do, they'll run a pick and roll, he'll catch the ball, and then he'll reverse it to the other side of the court and do a DHO with somebody. Um, but with Harden there, obviously Harden's going to, you know, be like, hey, I'm I'm sucking in two guys. Give me a, you know, take take the shot. Um, you're you're right. You're wide open. I'm curious how you think that's going to play out. What did what did you see today in practice, um, at all, if anything? And you know, what is that relationship looking like so far? Well, they played one on one after practice, um, which I'm sure a lot of people saw on Twitter, and everybody just kind of blew up and oh, the vibes, the vibes are great, you know. Which is, I think, is like the dumbest thing in the world. Oh, not the vibes. <laughs> um, I just, I, I don't know. I find it so corny. Uh, but I mean, at the end of the day, though, it is good that they're able to just kind of like mesh together, and it looks like they enjoy each other. It looks like they are figuring each other out pretty fairly quickly. Um, in terms of how I think they're going to be able to play off each other, you're right. Joel's not a lob guy. Like, he's not just going to 
roll and catch a catch a lob and throw it down. That's not Joel's game. I feel like for me, it's we're going to see a lot of Joel and James in a pick and roll. I feel like Joel will adjust his game to make it mesh with, with Harden's and be able to just kind of screen roll rather than just popping out a good portion of the time. Um, it'll be. I don't think we're going to see it right away because that type of adjustment is going to take a little bit. Um, but I feel like in the meantime, like as they continue to grow, as they continue to play with each other, play off each other, understand each other's games, I feel like Joel is smart enough to realize he has to make a, a like a slight adjustment in his game and just roll to the basket and be able to make this work with James just as much as anybody else. Yeah. I'm kind of like pulling some stuff out of the Shaq and Kobe library. Um, you know, I, I think this is an opportunity for the Sixers to really experiment with some wonky stuff. Like um, I would like to see them, you know, do some inverted stuff with whether it be uh, you know, back screens for Joel from like Tyrese or from Tobias or, you know, and be going towards the rim as a, as a cutter um, and then Harden, you know, making those passes to Joel. Um, you know, it, I think there's a way that they can facilitate offense between the two of them in a two-man game without having it, you know, without having it be like, we're going to eat up ISO or we're going to, you know, we're going to have Joel post up or whatever, face up. Um, I think there are ways to do that without having to strict, restrict to just pick and roll stuff. Um, but um, I will say, like, I, I think this is also a good opportunity um, for them to you know experiment with some other like pick and roll actions that isn't necessarily big man oriented like maybe have Tyrese screen for James um just to like throw the defense off a little bit because if they're gonna switch um on you then you can slip to the basket there and then there's additional actions you can make there I think having a small small just to confuse a defense is something that's worth experimenting with um and, you know, I, I think that's something that can open up the floor a little bit more, too. Um, I'm curious to see the volume of isolation play between Harden and Joel early on. Do you think there will be a balance to that or will it be more like heavily favoring one guy versus the other? No, I mean, again, I feel like like from the jump, we're going to see like a lot of ISO between the two players just because that's how they have – played for a good majority of their careers right so now that they're on the same team and and i know i mentioned it earlier i feel like joel is going to have to understand that he's going to have to maybe make an adjustment roll to the basket off a, off a screen rather than popping out and you know go and then catching it from james and going one-on-one -on -one with his guy from there so i feel like we're going to see that a lot early because that's pretty much all these guys know uh, but then, like, as time goes on, as this thing continues to grow and as these guys continue to play together and understand how they like the ball, where they like the ball, where they like actions and things of that nature, um, then there will be a difference. In terms of the isolation balancing between uh, Joel and James, um, I'm, I'm not really sure if, if like, we'll see one guy favored heavily over the other. I just feel like it's, it's going to kind of – um, like one guy will call for one possession, the next possession, it'll, it'll be James calling for it and they'll just kind of play off each other that way. Uh, but again, though, he, he, here's the thing with Joel and James, we're talking about two guys who really are smart basketball players. Like James gets a bad rep because of, you know, he dribbles a lot and I get it, but we're talking about two guys who have high basketball IQs, 
and like as they continue to grow and play off each other, um, it's just it's going to be able to just be extremely hard to stop as they move forward. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if like we see when there are times when Embiid is maybe guarding on the perimeter and then there's a rebound off the rim. If you don't see him sprinting down to the uh, opposite block, it's that way Harden can like throw like a full court hit ahead pass for him to like get an easy bucket on in a one-on-one in transition. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that I think there'll be opportunities for that. I also think that there's just going to be a lot of Harden deferring to him, um, you know, and, and, you know, they're not going to play off of him in, in, on the strong side. So him just making it easy, easy entry passes to Joel for him to, uh, you know, for him to go to work. Um, who, which, which non Harden, non Embiid player is going to benefit the most from James Harden's passing vision. Um, and like, who, who, I guess the, the, my real question here is not that question, but rather who is going to see their three point volume go up. Uh, for me, two guys stand out, and that's Tobias Harris and Danny Green. Um, like, okay, so he, here's the thing with Tobias, right? Tobias had a, had a hell of a season in the 2020-21 year. He shot over 50% from the floor. He shot, I think, 39.5% from, from deep, playing next to Ben Simmons. And, and this is where he missed Ben, right? Like, Ben was able to just push the pace, get him open looks. Where Tobias, all he had to do was catch and shoot, catch and drive, go from there, right? This year without Ben, and they've had to uh, develop Tyrese Maxey rather quickly, Tyrese doesn't understand, like, what he's got to do yet in between setting guys up, getting his own offense. It's a tough balance to really strike for a 21-year-old second-year guy. So that's why Tobias' numbers were down a little bit. But you you have seen it lately, though, where his numbers would, would have been going back up because Tyrese has begun to understand what he has to do. Now you're putting James freaking Harden out there on the floor. And Tobias is the one guy who's shooting numbers. I expect to go up very quickly and like a very like steep nature because Tobias, all he's going to have to do is just catch and shoot, catch, catch and drive. It's not going to be like I have to handle the ball because Tobias had to handle the ball a lot early in the year. And then Danny Green – um, that's why I feel like Danny's three-point percentage has dipped a little bit. Same with Seth Curry before he got traded uh, in the Simmons deal to Brooklyn. Their numbers went down a little bit because there was no Ben. Now that there's James freaking Harden out there, I feel like Danny Green's numbers are going to go up a little bit more too. And hell, maybe even maybe even Quark Moss if he can break out of this you know season-long slump that he's been in. This point is it really a slump and rather just who he is. Um oh, dude, I, I don't I don't even know anymore. I really don't. Um so I think it's if I had to guess, the person who's gonna benefit is gonna you're gonna see their volume of threes go up most, probably Danny, of course. But behind that, I'm thinking Matisse. I just think he's gonna get a lot of open looks. Um and if he and if he's not taking them, Harden's gonna let him know about it. Here's my thing with Matisse though. Like, like, okay, man, you're gonna you're gonna shoot him, but are you gonna make him? Like, and 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 that and that's kind of the big deal. Like, he he uh he has not made a three since February eighth. Um, <laughs> has he, he really not? Yeah, yeah, he hasn't made a three since February. The last game, my God, I mean, that was like okay. So they played three, two games after after no three games after the trade. I, I believe they played four. Oh my God. <laughs> All right, here let, let me let me double check myself just to make oh sure. Oh my I'm god, not, that's I'm the Phoenix game. Out. That's the Phoenix game. 
I'm not spewing out anything crazy. Yeah, February 8th was the last three-pointer Matisse Thibault made. He went two for two that night, right? Um, since then, he is 0 for 10 from deep since, since then. Um, he was 0 for 2 against Oklahoma City. He missed his one against Cleveland. He was 0 for 6 in that Boston debacle. And yeah. then he was 0 for 1 against Milwaukee. Um, and then, as you notice, Thibault only played three minutes after halftime uh, of that game against Milwaukee. And, you know, Doc mentioned it after. The Bucks did not give a damn that Thibault had the ball at the perimeter. They did not care. And, that's and you know, that's why he had to put Furkan in to start the second half. And Korkmaz actually played a role. He had two big three-pointers to kind of start the third quarter, and that opened things up for Joel. Um, so – and there was another game, Austin. I think it was December against Miami at home, the one they lost, and the Heat went to a zone. And, again – they did not give a damn if Thibault had the ball at the perimeter. And that's going to be an issue Like as the season moves forward. It's like, who's going to replace Seth Curry's shooting? You had to fear Seth Curry. Well, it ain't going to be Thibault, but I think the person who's going to get more open looks will be Thibault. Sure, but they're not going to care if he's not making them. It's like, okay, man, right. take them. We don't care. Like, like take them. Like, like, dude, it was so bad. You know, I was also in Milwaukee. Um the Bucks really just they, – they they looked at Thibault and were like, what are you going to do? You're going to shoot? Go ahead. Shoot it. We don't care. Like, it just, it's, it's going to be the same thing moving forward. And, like, I'm telling you, when they play the Miamis and they play, um, you know, the Milwaukee's again, they're, they're not going to care about Thibault at the perimeter. So, right. I do I do agree with you that his, that his attempts will probably rise, Austin, but it's at a point where it's like, if you aren't making them, then who gives a damn? Like – well, to the you point where, like, if you're not making them, then can they even keep in the game for more than 10 minutes per night? Yeah, you can't. You can't yeah. keep them out there. Yeah. Um, how long? Well, first, let me let me ask you how how did you from what you've observed so far? Maybe maybe the Minnesota practice was your only practice, but seeing it. But what have you seen of the Joel Harden relationship so far? Um, I mean, I mean, again, we really haven't had a chance to like really see much, right? It's just like we've only really seen like this one Minnesota practice where they were able, again, Thursday night, they were able to kind of go one on one with each other and they were able and they looked happy. They looked like they were messing with each other, looked like the relationship was good. Um, But again, that's kind of like one thing. Right. I mean, they they looked like they acknowledge each other as shoot around in Milwaukee. Um, Like, you know, the, the team really had a great glowing response to Harden. Um, it really just a lot of praise for him, even. Um, I think after the Bucks game, like as a leader, just even being on that trip, even though he was hurt at the moment. So I look at it and uh, it's off to a good start. But Harden also got off to a great start with Chris Paul in Houston. And he got off to a great start with KD and Kyrie in Brooklyn. And he got off to a great start with Dwight in, in Houston. And then just things just, you know, didn't pan out the way they wanted to. So the way I look at it, it's a it's a start, but he's got to be able to kind of like continue to play nice with Joel, and Joel has to play nice with him as they move forward. Well, right. So like there is a difference here. Like the difference is like those guys were all coming too hard, and then it was his team in Houston, and this this time it's not his team. It's it's Joel's team. But it, it wasn't Harden's team in Brooklyn either. It was always Durant's. Well, right, right. And then Harden was the one that got shipped out. So. I feel like Harden – I've said this before. I feel like Harden is on his last leg in terms of, you know, um, his leverage 
like I feel like if, if this flame this this relationship also flames out, he could probably kiss that next max contract goodbye. Yeah, most likely at this point. Yeah. Um, how long before we have our first like like comment that <laughs> people are like, oh no? <laughs> uh, how long? I'll say after like their first like kind of real bad loss because there there will be some bad losses along the way. Like Doc preached his patience. You know, because um, they, they've got 24 games to figure this out. Um, like, and, and that's why, you know, I kind of have my doubts about how far this team can go in the, in the postseason. Um, they could make the Eastern Conference finals kind of depending on matchups, but I could also see them losing round two again. So, so like, there, there, there are still some things that, like, you know, they still need to kind of play out. But in terms of, like, that comment that you're mentioning, I mean – Let's just say they have a bad loss of some crap team like a, the Orlando Magic or something like um, that. That's when I think like we'll kind of hear that first comment. Be like, oh damn, they, they, they hate each other. They, the the hard's got to get out of there. <laughs> like, I think after that one. And you know what it'll be like too. It'll be like that'll be the reaction. It'll be Armageddon. Um, oh yeah, for sure. Um, so Doc said tonight again. This is per Tim Bontemps um, that. Um, they're good. The, the, the plan from Doc is to stagger uh, two of Embiid, James, Tyrese, and Tobias at all times. So that way, two of them are on the court together, yes. um, no matter what. Which two do you think will be together, and why? Um, it's always going to be Harden and Joel. Uh, I feel like just because of like, of like how how dynamic I feel like that that partnership and that pairing really can be. Um, but I mean, I'm interested to see kind of Harden and Tobias lineups. I'm interested to see Harden and Maxi lineups, you know, like I feel like, you know, Tyrese and, and James can be able to play off each other pretty well. James has been very impressed with Tyrese. I can't say that. Um, James has kind of raved about him, like every chance he gets when it comes to, you know, Tyrese. Uh, I'm interested to see how he plays off Tobias. Um Honestly, that's kind of one thing that like I'm still kind of looking forward to seeing. I want to see how Tobias can actually play next to James. That like that's that's an underrated thing. Like I feel like a lot of people aren't talking about maybe because the fan base has kind of soured on Tobias. <laughs> but um, maybe a little bit, yeah. Maybe maybe like a little bit. Um, but that's <laughs> something that I'm personally looking forward to. Like I know everybody's like, oh, James and Joel, and like I get it, but. James and Tobias kind of, kind of sounds like the bigger, more important kind of partnership to me at the moment, at least, um, because we all know James and Joel will figure it out. For me, it's like, how does he play next to Tobias and how does Tobias kind of feed off him a little bit? Yeah, I think the staggering. So I, I could see two different two different scenarios. One, you're really trying to milk the chemistry between Embiid and uh, Harden and with that, you're playing them together as much as you possibly can. That's one scenario I could see. Um, other scenario I could see is like Embiid and Maxi because they already have really good chemistry together in the two-man game. And then Harden and Tobias because Harden will be the undisputed primary ball handler in that unit. And there won't be any kind of like, you know, like, like there won't be it – it'll be him setting up Tobias or creating his own offense for himself and – Basically, doing what he's used to doing. Um, that's just, that. I don't, I don't know that there's a right answer for that, or there's a, a a right place to start. 
Um, but I do think that, you know, I, those are the two scenarios that I, I see as most likely. Um, they play the Timberwolves they in Minnesota. They play the Knicks in New York. They play the Knicks in Philly. And then I forget who they play after that. <laughs> um, I, believe, I believe it is the uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Is it? Okay. I'm like a home on the fourth. And then they go to Miami on the fifth. And then they host Chicago and then the Brooklyn game. Okay. So in the first three Harden games, what is their record? Uh, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to say two and one. Um, and, and I think, I think they lose this Timberwolves game. I'm not going to allow it to. The Timberwolves are kind of like, the, the Timberwolves are always like that team where it's just like, you, you, you don't expect much of them because they're, they're the Minnesota Timberwolves. But I, I mean, Carl Towns is, is always a tough matchup. Uh, Anthony Edwards is, he's, he's a beast. I mean, that, that guy's tough. Um, and then you've also got D'Angelo Russell playing pretty well. So they could lose the Wolves game. I think they I think they win both the Knicks games because the Knicks are a complete dumpster fire and they are just continuing to plummet. And because the Knicks are the Knicks, you know, uh, the, the Sixers are probably I, I think I think they win the two Knicks games. It could be three and zero, um, but my gut says two and one. I agree with you. I think it'll be two and one. Think the loss will be Minnesota. I don't know why I just kind of see this as like a, as like a, as like a letdown game, like you know all the all the hardened emotions, them trying to figure things out, um, and you know the Timberwolves get one in a close game. Um, yeah, but, I remember the Timberwolves? They came to Philly in November, yeah. uh, and they and they won in double overtime. So yeah. like, you know, like the, like the wool the Wolves, the, the, they're they're one of those just teams, man. Just for some reason they're tough. So yeah, but um, I could also see them going three and zero and like. I can see I can see them blitzing the entire Eastern Conference the rest of the way and ending up with like a top two seed. I can see that. They uh, could, they could, but then at that point, Austin, like, um, if you have to face a Milwaukee round one, mm-hmm. which which is a possibility that like the Eastern Conference just it's it's been so jumbled up. Um, if you have to face a Milwaukee round one or a Brooklyn round one or a you know, like like one of those teams, maybe even Miami round one. You just you, you just you feel a little. You, you're not you're not like shaking, but you're concerned basically because, especially because New York City is very close to lifting that vaccine mandate, and Kyrie can play in home games. Like I'm telling you, like that makes a huge difference for the Nets. And like, oh, yeah. and, and you know, like 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 it's not like you know they're adding. A guy they've never played with before you know like katie katie and Kyrie have played together a lot and Kyrie has played this year just you know only on the road yeah um, so so you know like they, these guys have played with Kyrie irving so uh it's gonna be very interesting to kind of see how they, they um how new york city handles that a lot of it also hinges on ben simmons obviously and you know like you know how he looks when he comes back and durant with his injury but yeah it'll, just, it'll be a tough matchup like for sure no matter what seed the sixers have yeah we shall see Kyle, here we go. Um, Willie Cauley Stein. Yes. Is there, is there any staying power there, or is that like a nice cup of coffee and then bye? I don't know. I'm mean, like, you know, he's a he was a former number six overall pick, right, in the 2015 draft. So I mean, like, he's um, he was a high pick, but then you know he's kind of bounced around a bit. He went from Sacramento to Golden State to Dallas. Now he's in Philadelphia. 
So it's going to be interesting to kind of see how they use them. Doc said uh, this he's going to be a roller. You know, that's how that's how we're going to use them. <laughs> and and you know, um, which is good because you because as we mentioned here earlier, you know, Joel isn't a uh, he's not really much of a roller at the moment. He doesn't catch lobs. That's what Willie Cauley Stein does. So if, if the Sixers can get at least that out of him and allow him to just have him screen with James, roll to the basket, catch a lob, you know, whatever, then and then at that point. You, you feel good about the addition. Um, will he last more than 10 days? I'm going to go out on a limb and say no. Oh, I mean, we'll see. My guess is he plays. Ooh. Well, well, remember, it's not a 10-game contract. 10 day, 10 yeah, days. So how many games do Sixers play in these 10 days? Like Five. Do they play five? Because I mean, Minnesota, uh, New York, New York, Cleveland, Miami, probably, probably like four games out of that. Okay, I would venture to say he does not play a game for the Sixers. We'll see. We'll see. I I, I would tend to agree with you, but part of me also thinks I'll throw him out there with James and just have him be a, a roller off a lob. Like that's it. So then, why not play like Paul Reed? Because I hate to break it to y'all, Paul Reed's not Paul Reed ain't it. <laughs> like, I, I agree. Like I, how many? Like I don't know how many times I have to explain this to people. Like people, Paul, man, well, people, Paul, so has a lot of work to do. So, yeah, um, yeah. I, I I think the idea of him is far better than the reality of him. No, absolutely, hundred percent agree. Like no, for sure, yeah. for sure. All right, Mr. Carlin, so you got your promotion. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, he called me that. I like it. I like it. I'm with it. Um, so you are now, I guess, the, the second in command to Nick. And yep. Nick is yep. our Nick is our boss, but you are second in command to him now. And yep. you're now like the main, you're now like the assistant editor to all of the wire sites that we write for. Yep. Yep. That's, that's essentially it. Um, it's, it's, it's fun. It's cool. It comes with, uh, benefits. So uh, like, I've never had health insurance before in my life. So this is going to kind of, this man is Jared. There we yeah, go. Yeah. So, so, you know, like that, that, that's going to kind of be cool. And then, uh, like, like I said, man, I'm just looking to continue to grow our wire sites, man. Like I, I believe in these wire sites. I feel like they're a lot of fun and, um, they all do pretty well. And yeah, just, so I'm excited for the new role. There you go. All right, Kai. Take care. Thank you so much, Austin. Thank you so much for having me on, man. I'll catch you.